I need to finish I, up my book stuff and I don't feel like it. I kind of am tired too. I, you need to finish recording and then I just kind of want to make some quick meals and then I don't know, read. I'll get ready for yeah. bed because I work two days in a row. I actually don't think I'm going to finish my book thing tonight. My, um, re- I think I'll do it tomorrow, maybe after work, maybe. I don't know. Just not today. By book thing, do you mean your reorg? My, my reorg. Yeah. My last them. three bookcases. I'm just really tired. Yeah, Naomi's in the midst of a giant reorg. Giant. Last night was a lot. That yeah, that was a lot. Uh, so, who knows? Maybe I continue over the week next weekend. I don't know. Anyway, welcome back to Hello Down. Welcome back. <laughs> One day we will make we will make little ditties. Oh man! <gasps> what hot brother could help us make a ditty? Oh my God, it would take Hot Brother forever with his perfectionist self. I would have to like be in the studio with him like, can you do it now? What about now? I mean, I'm coming down in April. Just saying. I'm just saying. Though I don't know if you want me to meet Hot Brother. (laughs) He can assemble bookshelves. Well, we haven't told, have we told the people what we're doing in April with our... With our special Bridgerton experience. <gasps> we haven't. Have you got an outfit? No. I was hoping I could lose some pounds first, but maybe that's not <laughs> happening. Maybe it's not happening. Maybe it's not happening. So we got tickets. And this was like, what, towards the end of months 2021? Months ago. Months It was months like October ago. or something. We I think bought so. tickets, VIP tickets, VIP to the Bridgerton did. experience. We're going to the Queen's Ball. It's going to be so fun. I cannot And wait. I told work, I was like, because I think somebody is on vacation every week of April. And I was like, I don't need a week. But I am not working Thursday through Sunday. <laughs> don't call me. Don't Ooh. look at me. Don't come near me. Don't even think about me. Ooh. I got plans. <laughs> I'm I'm just so excited. I think it's I can't wait to see what it all looks like. I'm I'm pumped up. So folks, just be prepared for lots of video and photo dumps from us because it's we're gonna have fun. We're getting dressed. We're getting dressed. We are getting dressed. But I think we're getting dressed more like Billy Porter does Queen's Ball than like There you go. Jane Austen does it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So think that way. Now it's it's basically March. I need to start tracking down an outfit now, figuring that part out so that I'm prepared, darling, for the Queen's Ball. I got my bottom. I think my top is here. Um or it's coming in a couple weeks, I think. I as long as it works, because my original plan didn't work. So hopefully this works. Okay. And then I'll have to if that works, then it's just shoes. Right. So what are we, what are we reading or what have we oh. just read? Oh, um, I'm going. Oh, you go first. I went okay. first the last. Um, I, so and I, and I'm hoping to finish this tonight. So I I am currently not even halfway through, but I'm on page seventy seven of Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. I'm hoping I can finish this tonight and then read a little bit of Giovanni's Room. So um, I I like this. It's very strange to me. 
this but it's you, strange in the best way it is how do you say this lady's name Janina? janina oh, i don't know whatever the main character i just i kind of like her she is she's an oddball i, I like her part where she and i agree this, with all of her motivations and decisions uh, right i got to this part where she's talking about her special kitchen table project <laughs> which i thought was so funny i just she's odd i i like her i can't wait to see where else the story takes me but i'm i'm enjoying it she so. is she is a trip she reminds me a lot of the lady from the door mm-hmm. by magda sabo mm-hmm. in terms of sort of these very dry darkly comedic takes on the world yes and um i felt like i read drive your plow and then i read an elderly an elderly woman is up to no good so like on the right. tail end of it and it was like the perfect pairing and i feel like you need to read that I should that is see not the book my, um, library has that for an, an audio form i should yeah they out. had it for some reason they had it and i was like well i'm getting it and it's really short, and it's a bunch of different stories, and it's really good. Like that wasn't the book I was going to tell you about, but I'm telling you about that. So bonus, and um, I love it. That's your bonus book, but I I am currently reading Gathering Moss by oh. Robin Wall Kimmer mm-hmm. because the world's going to shit, and wow. if this is anything like reading Sweetgrass, um, this will make me find joy in like the actual world we live in again. Um. Maybe not with humanity, but with nature. Right. <laughs> and uh, it's just like a collection of essays about mosses and the way that she writes about um, the world around us and about biology and plant life and, and um, Native American culture and everything. It's, it's very uh, – it's scientific and poetic at the same mm. time. And I kind of feel like I wish this is how they taught, like, the natural sciences. Yeah. Because we have a very, like, and she talks about all the time, there's this very regimented science thing that's, like, everything has to be, like, proven and in experiments and da-da-da. And yep. it's, it's very there's a process. systematic. There's mm-hmm. a process. And I get that. But there's also, like, a natural beauty and I think it would give, give, would give a lot of scientists a better... Uh, connection to the world. Oh, um, that's an interesting concept, though, right? Yeah. So I just, I just find her writing. So these are the only two that I think she has, and uh, I just find her writing really, really wonderful. And I like the audiobooks because I just like hearing her inflection on parts because she yeah. narrates them, and I love. That's my favorite thing is when the author narrates the book. Yeah. Um, and it does what I wish was done in Breeding Sweetgrass is that there's actually little illustrations. Oh, yeah, you throughout. talked about that. You did and say I really, that when you were reading that book. You're like, I yeah, wish there were illustrations. You kind of want illustrations. So, but this was first, I think, and then she did, um, then she she had Breeding Sweetgrass. So, okay. it's, yeah. So that's my, I need, I, that's my coping mechanism during these, these difficult times. And just so you know, I just borrowed an elderly lady is up to no good. Oh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. When you get to the story, I can't remember if it's the first or the second story about the the lady artist. Mm, Okay. I'm going to love it. 
you're gonna love it. You're gonna love the ending. You're gonna die laughing. I was driving and like I I almost had to pull over. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it was fantastic. It's so darkly funny and I love it. I love that. I love it. And I'd heard about that book. I think maybe Russell's talked about that book before. Somebody talked about it because yeah. that's how I found it. And then yeah. I was like, I was gonna buy it, and then I didn't, and then I saw it on my Libby. So I just listened to it and I was like, ah. Oh. I'm gonna have to get it. Part of me wants to see if my mom will like it. She might not find it as funny as that. Um, maybe maybe too darkly comedic for her. Yeah, maybe. Jesus might like it though. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, what are we doing? What are we doing? Today? I guess March is a is a is a special month. It is a special month because it's um what is it small press month? Yeah, it's small press month. And we do love a good small press. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So according to the Independent Publisher, which is, uh, I guess, an organization, uh, this is an annual celebration of the independent spirit of small publishers and a showcase of the diverse, unique voices being published by them today. So this is the 10th, um, no, March 2006, I guess, was the 10th year. This has been going on for quite a a while. I know. And I just found out about it like a couple months ago. Yeah, I, I I not heard of it before, but this is wonderful. It's it's amazing, and what I th- was really interesting. So I just googled, you know, National Small Press Month or whatever, and this is what came up. And on this little article, I I just love that on the corner, like on the side page, there's 31 things to do for Small Press Month for small publishers. So you get one little thing to do every month. And oh, it's not loading. Yeah, but I, was, I just I thought it, for, for me, I couldn't open that page. Up, yeah. Still, well, maybe it, we'll let maybe. them know. About yeah, them but I just I just thought it was such a like lovely little thing if that actually works. But um, yeah, so we thought we'd do an episode talking about small presses because we do love small presses. I particularly love um, indie authors and indie presses. I I find it wonderful and to. Find a voice that's not getting all the attention that's really good and you get to have a connection to your author and you really know you're supporting somebody and they, I don't know, there's a passion to these, these authors that, not that the other ones don't have it, but it's, you have a different connection to it, to their passion. Yeah. And I, and for me, I've just discovered so many small presses over the last year and it's kind of exciting um, mm-hmm. to look outside of your, what is it, the big five yeah. publishers to see, you know, what other smaller presses are really, you know, kind of committed to publishing and getting out there in the world. So it's been an interesting journey. Yeah. I think mean, there's so many wonderful stories that are just waiting to be told, and it's hard to get the big five to pick you up. That's for sure. That's for sure. So so who are, who, are you going to kick it off? I can kick it off. Yeah. If you would like me to kick it off. Yeah. So I was going to kick off with Angry Robot Books, who is the publisher that that published The Cabinet, which was our January pick for the year. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard of them before that pick. And we were Same. actually going to be picking another book from them. But um, so we've gone through and we've looked at a few of their mission statements and yada, yada. I'll give you guys a little background on what each of these, these uh, presses are 
um, focusing on. So Angry Robot is uh, more focused on science fiction and fantasy. um, And they give a a platform to new voices and new stories. And it says to, quote, push the boundaries of genre fiction, mess them about and put them back together again in all kinds of awesome ways. We like to think of ourselves as genre fluid. And I love love that that so much. Um, They've they've had a bunch of award-winning um titles in their catalog they're based in the uk and uh they i just did like a quick like swipe through their catalog this morning Mm -hmm. and in addition to the cabinet there were two things there's the pick our pick that's coming up at some point i can't remember what month we're doing it in but stay tuned um the maleficent Uh seven by cameron johnston which we found yeah which we found through that guy that you sent me what was his name Slowly just, Red. Like, yes, I Slowly love him. Red. Follow him I on YouTube, guys. I love him. His Grimmy Awards. I think it's so great, right? There's a Creative Cussing Award. It's fantastic. I, I, He's great. He's fantastic. Follow him. Yeah. If you like fantasy, particularly Grimdark, follow him. Yeah. I have so many books coming because of him. Anyway, but cool The Maleficent dude. 7 by Cameron Johnson, it gives me like Kings of the Wild, but like dark vibes i guess it's a seven samurais retelling it says back black heron um was a dread demonologist and the most ruthless general in all of esseran she assembled the six most fearsome warriors to captain her armies a necromancer a vampire lord a demigod an orcist war orcish war leader a pirate queen and a twisted alchemist together they brought the whole continent to its knees until the day she abandoned her army on the eve of total victory 40 years later she must bring her former captains back together for one final stand in the small town of tarnbrook um the last bastion against a fanatical new enemy tearing through the land intent on finishing the job black heron started years before seven bloodthirsty monsters one town their last hope like how does it not sound good like that just i we're really excited and i'm i'm here for all of it like it definitely has like kings of the wild but like dark and dirty like sure. I, i'm here for it i hope for somebody sure. like rips somebody's throat out anyway, oh, that good um, stuff. <laughs> the, the stuff that i think um and then there was this other one that i think you will will be interested in because it's a space opera and it sounds a little bit like the expanse and and there's three of them i mean there's not 10 but uh it's par paratua saga by Chris christopher hines and it's 200 years after a nuclear apocalypse forced humanity to flee earth humans still remember the most feared warriors of that planet the par paratua um these are genetically modified killers who occupy two bodies controlled by one vicious mind. The legendary Paratois named Remol, known as the Liege Killer, was the strongest of them all. Now someone has revived Remol for status and sent him to terrorize the peaceful orbital colonies of Earth. Is this an isolated incident or has the one who unleashed this terrible power announced a gambit for control over the entire human race? I see you nodding and I was like, oh, Naomi is going to be here for this. So, yeah. Those are just, I just picked like three books for each of my three um, small presses just to have something to talk about. Do I need to talk about the cabinet? I don't think so. We have a whole live discussion about the cabinet. Go read it. It's quirky and weird and sci-fi. And now that I see their mission statement of being genre fluid, I like, does the cabinet make sense? The cabinet is genre fluid. So yeah, definitely psyched about Angry Robot and yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I'm still stuck on, we were looking at the Maleficent 7, what, like just a couple weeks ago, talking about mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this would be a great pick for TBR Lowdown. But I did not look at who published it. Yeah, I looked at it. I was like, oh, wait, wait a second. Right I know that. Head. Yeah. That's exciting. But we need to get this Pirate Trois saga. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. Because, like, remember you were like, I don't know what I'm going to do when the expanse is over. I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that. That sounds good. Yes. Oh, that's exciting. I knew you'd like that one. Okay. There are a few other things in there, but I was like, let's give Naomi what she's going to like. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. Man, mm-hmm. go, you small presses. Go, go. All right. Uh, so I am going to start with Tilted Access. Uh, they're founded Nothing. in 2015, and they're a nonprofit press publishing mainly work by Asian writers translated into a variety of Englishes. And I've also, following Alyssa's model here, I've chosen three books as well. One of the books is called Panty by Sanjiti. Panty? Mm-hmm, Panty. Like, like, I'm not wearing no panties? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. By Sanjiti Bandi. I'm not sure how to say that last name. Um, and it's translated by Arunava Sinha. Sinha. I'm not sure. I need to get better at this. So it says, You're woman- so bad. <laughs> a woman arrives alone in Calcutta, taking refuge in a deserted apartment while she waits to undergo an unspecified surgery. In this disorienting city, everything seems new and strange. The pavement dwellers outside her block, the collective displays of religiosity, the power cuts and alarming acts of arson. Her sense of identity already shaken when she finds a stained pair of leopard print panties in the otherwise empty wardrobe. She begins to fantasize about their former owner, whose imagined life comes to blur with and overlap her own. I must read that. I'm, I must read that. I don't think I've ever, you know, maybe, maybe I have. Cause there was, there was this pair of boxers that showed up in the parking lot outside of work one day and, uh, and they were there for a while and we all had a lot of theories on what happened to <laughs> make that person lose their undergarments. Right. So yeah. I just, I don't know. That sounds really interesting. Um, it does. So I'm definitely going to be, what I was thinking was panty. I know. I I would actually like to <laughs> read their stuff in publication order. I would love to be able to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the next book I chose from Tilted um, Access is The Devil's Dance by Hamid Ismailov. <laughs> sure. And these are these are both translated works. <laughs> sure, Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> these these are all translated. Oh, here's what I wish they did on the website: Tilted Access, please. It says who the translator is, but it doesn't tell me the language in which it's translated from. Oh, and that would be really helpful, Tilted Access, if you could just put on there, translated from the French or the whatever, just so that we know. Because I have no idea, and I can't guess by looking at names. No. So, The Devil's Dance says, on New Year's Eve, 1938, the writer, Abdullah... Kadiri is taken <laughs> Q is taken from his home by the Soviet secret police and thrown into a Tashkent prison there to distract himself from the physical and psychological torment of beatings and mindless interrogations. He attempts to normalize 
He attempts to mentally reconstruct the novel he was writing at the time of his arrest based on the tragic life of the Uzbek poet queen Oiz Oxen? I don't know how to say that. Oisen? I don't know. Oisen? Married to three cons in succession and living as Abdullah now does with the threat of execution hanging over her. As he gets to know his cellmates, Abdullah discovers that the great game of Oisin's time when English and Russian spies infiltrated the courts of Central Asia has echoes in the 1930s present, but as his identification with his protagonist increases and past and present overlap, it seems that Abdullah's inability to tell fact from fiction will be his undoing. I'm just completely intrigued by that. Completely that is intrigued. very, very interesting. And you know what? When you were talking to about this guy rewriting the novel, I had instant Master Margarita Master Ma- thought. Mm-hmm. Instantly. Instant. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And the third book, which I believe you said you just ordered, Tomb I of Sand. I did. Um, and I cannot pronounce that name either. I'm so sorry. But this will all be in the show notes on the website. Keaton Jolly Sherry. Ooh, that sounds like you might be right. So Tuma Sand, it says, in northern India, an 80-year-old woman slips into a deep depression at the death of her husband, then resurfaces to gain a new lease on life. Her determination to fly in the face of convention, convention, including striking up a friendship with a hijra person, is that right? Confuses her bohemian daughter, who was used to thinking of herself as the more modern of the two. To her family's consternation, Ma insists on traveling to Pakistan, simultaneously confronting the unresolved trauma of her teenage experiences of patri- partition and reevaluating what it means to be a mother, a daughter, a woman, a feminist. So I found this book through the same super posh British lady who I found the cabinet from. Uh, the lady at the library, I think, is her ah, YouTube. Yes, and I, I've, I've been, I sent it to you. I know I sent it to you. Um, and the, but we send a lot of things to each other, so that doesn't I mean know. anything. Um, but I kept looking at it and kept looking at it and kept looking at it, and then I don't know what. Oh, somebody had Strange Beasts of China, which is also out from Tilted Access, uh-huh. and then I was like, oh wait. Do you know what else is from Tilted Access? <laughs> so I just bought it. <laughs> there you go. I love their covers too. I just love Aren't their commitment to the Tilted Access. Like they have, they're very simple. I have a thing for simple com- covers at this point. I like cheesy fantasy covers. Yeah. And simple literary fiction covers. Well, yeah. I don't know why my brain is divided between literary fiction and like orcs, but it is. <laughs> You know who else has a really simplistic style of covers is Charcoal Press. Mm-hmm. Really simplistic. Which you don't have on your list, do you? Well, I had to... Ch- we said three. I know. So our honorable mentions are going to be what? Charcoal Press and Pushkin Wolf Press. And Grey Wolf. Yeah. So um, we'll make sure we add all those in the show notes as well. But we were trying to keep the show kind of, you know, concise. Twice. So we chose three <laughs> indie presses each. So um, I'm going to pick something that's probably a little bit more, I don't know, academic, but uh, Tuttle Books, and they focus a lot on particularly Asian authors and writings, um, and it's a little bit more geared towards culture, nonfiction, uh, language learning, things like that. But uh, so the core of Tuttle Publishing is built upon one objective, pioneering into the future while building upon our past. Our fundamental values are as strong today as they were in 1948. Discover, create, publish, and deliver best in-class books and products that bring the world closer together one page turn at a time. Um, and, and it really does focus a lot on, on Asian authors and 
me being me, I'm particularly interested in their Japanese titles. So I do have one of them already, and it is Strange Tales from Japan, which is 99 spell-tingling tales of ghosts, yokai, demons, shapeshifters, and trickster animals who inhabit remote reaches of Japanese countrysides. They are beautiful books with beautiful woodblock prints throughout and black and white illustrations of the creatures. And there's like a really lovely introduction. Um, I'm slowly sort of making my way through it. And it gives you this and this other book that I have on my list here, Haunted Japan, which I almost bought at the same time, but I had to kind of pick one. So I picked The Strange Tales. But Haunted Japan is focused mostly on the ghostly creatures and the supernatural of Japanese like culture. And it talks a lot about, um, so it says the res- this, is, this results in an unparalleled insight into the dark corners of the Japanese psyche, a world filled with horrifying creatures, including oni demons with fierce and ghastly appearances, yuri Japanese ghosts who inhabit the world of the living and yoki supernatural monsters. And it includes several uh, traditional legends. And I believe this one also has like art prints and things in it. So it's not just stories. There's also this getting to understand the culture a little bit more. And as we read more stories, especially as I become more and more obsessed with Japanese culture and Japanese literature. Um, it gives you like more depth to your understanding and it's just, mm-hmm. I'm really into it. And, and they also do some uh, language learning books as well. I have um, their beginning Japanese and uh, workbook and textbook um, as well that I got through them. So, and I think they have other, um, like Asian languages as well, if you'd yeah. like to learn them. So it's, I just think they're a really cool little press that you don't really see a lot of, um, yeah. probably because they lean more towards the academic. But yeah, if you want to, if you, there's some piece of Asian culture you want to learn more about, That's check name. out what Tuttle yeah. has. Yeah. Yeah. I love so. your name. Tuttle. It's a good name. It, it really is. is. It's a good name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan. And it just, it explains why um, Junji Ito is the way he like you know why is that such like a oh yeah because there's this rich culture of like sort of ghoulish folklore right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. So. Mm, okay mm-hmm. am I up Just for, you're up my love okay well, let's talk about Europa editions because we know that I'm in love with them. She is in love with Europa. I am. I'm in love with Europa. I am. Founded in 2005. And I learned something about them too. I didn't know this. So they're founded in 2005 by Sandro Ferry, Ferry and Sandra Ozola Ferry, who were also the owners and publishers of the Italian press Ediziani mm-hmm. E slash O. Um, and so the idea behind the creation of Europa editions was to capitalize on Edizioni EO's deep roots in European publishing to bring fresh international voices to the American and British markets and to provide quality editions that have a distinct look and consistently high levels of editorial standards. Learn something new every day. So mm-hmm. I bring just some culture about, to us heathens. Right. <laughs> So what was it a year ago that I learned about Europa? Yeah. I think it was a year ago. Um, I actually, so they have under Europa, they have something called world noir. Mm -hmm. And I think the first book I ordered from Europa was under their world noir section. I ordered this, um, 
this like a uh, political crime novel that's translated from the Italian called Sabura. And um, that was my first, like, dipping my toe into ordering things from them. But also, you know, they publish all the Elena, Elena Ferrante. Ferrante. You know how I feel about her. But there are three other books that I want to read oh, that they God, published. Oh, this one. Yes. So one is called Cathedral by Ben Hopkins. And so let me read the synopsis, and I'll tell you why I want to read it. So it says, at the center of this story is the cathedral, its design and construction in the 12th and 13th centuries in the town of Hagenburg unites a vast array of unforgettable characters whose fortunes are inseparable from the shifting political factions and economic interests vying for supremacy. Around this narrative center, Ben Hopkins has constructed his own monumental edifice, a novel that is rich with vicissitudes of mercilism, politics, religion, and human enterprise. Now, if you recall me talking about my buddy Reed with Jess when we read Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Pillars mm -hmm. of the Earth last year and how much we love that book. This sounds like the Pillars of the Earth. Saucy monks. Those saucy monks, those shady monks. But this sounds like the Pillars of the Earth. And so it's the curiosity in me that's wanting to know how similar this book is to the pillars of the earth that is driving me to want to read cathedral. Yeah. I, cause that was my thought too. When I saw it was that it's giving me those vibes. And though I did, I did stop reading pillars of the earth years ago. Um, <laughs> it was a long time ago. I was a younger person. I was a foolish, fu- foolish young lady. And, um, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. It sounded very intriguing. And also I kind yeah. of thought that like maybe Jesus would like it too. And I like when we both can read a book together. Exactly. So definitely this year I will be picking up Cathedral because I've, I've just, I've got to know. And I kind of want to read it before Jess and I dig back into the next book uh, from Pillars of the Earth. So yeah. anyway, the second book that I like to read from them is called Trust by Dominico Starnon. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, Pietro and Teresa's love affair is impetuous and passionate. After yet another terrible argument, she gets an idea. They should tell each other something they've never told another person, something they're too ashamed to tell anyone. They will hear the other's confessions without judgment and with love in their hearts. Never good this idea. Way, right. In this way, <laughs> Teresa thinks they will remain united forever, more intimately connected than ever. A few days after sharing their shameful secrets, they break up. Not long after, Pietro meets Nadia, falls in love, and proposes. But the shadow of the secret he confessed to Teresa haunts him, and Teresa herself periodically reappears, standing at the crossroads, it seems, or every major moment in his life. Or is it he who seeks her out? Oh, that sounds good. Also, stupid young people, no. No, sometimes a secret's a good thing. Keep secrets to yourself. If the secret... Is it hurting nobody? Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut it. Yeah. So I really want to read that. That's one of my list for. He has. A, he wrote another book that I want that I was gonna buy last year. I actually put it in my cart twice, and I waited so long someone else bought it. It was called Trick. It's called Trick. Um, something about mischievous grandchildren up to no good tricking their grandchildren. You don't have one of those. You have a lovely grandchild. I do. I do. Yeah, my third one is called Brotherhood by Mohammed Sar. I think it says under the regime of the so-called Brotherhood, two young people are publicly executed for having loved each other. 
In response, their mothers begin a secret correspondence, their only outlet for the grief they share and each woman's personal reckoning with the leadership that would take her beloved child's life. At the same time, spurred on by their indignation at what seems to be an escalation of the Brotherhood's brutality, a band of intellectuals and free thinkers seek to awaken the conscience of the cow populace and foment rebellion by publishing an underground newspaper. While they grapple with the implications of what they have done, the regime's brutal leader begins a personal crusade to find the responsible parties and bring them to his own sense of justice. Ooh. Must read it. Must read Ooh. It. That's some good stuff. That's good some good stuff. stuff. Europa does have some good things. They I like really Europa. Really I, I can't say that I always like their covers. And I think it's just the Elena Ferrante covers. I don't like them. Oh, We're going to go back to the Laura Ashley thing. They just feel like a Laura Ashley like advertisement. You can have all the Laura Ashley. I'm going to start. I'm going to find some vintage Laura Ashley and send it to you it's along with Cowboy Corn. It's a level of cheese that I enjoy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a level of cover cheese that I like. It's I chintz. I, I was, I'm sorry. I was, I was abused as a child and made to wear Laura Ashley with like oh. the frilly collars and everything. No, thank you. I can't. <laughs> I can't. We digress. <laughs> it's fine. I look at the words more than I look at the cover. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but I really like that, that, that press that does the blue and white covers that I can never remember oh, with any of. It's Carlton edition yeah that is those are really I, nice i don't know why i love them so much i it's the simplicity but They're there's just something about beautiful. them okay laugh at me but when i'm reading them i feel smarter i'm not going to laugh at you i understand there's just something about them like walking around yeah. reading this it I just understand. feels like you're smarter I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and given all the stupid things I do every day, I need moments where I feel smart. <laughs> I'm actually wondering if they patented that particular color of blue. I hope they did, because that would be really smart. Yeah. I, but I think I've picked up the white books are nonfiction and the blue books are fiction. I don't know. I haven't seen the white ones. So they have some that are white, and I think they're all nonfiction. Okay. So if anybody knows for sure. Um, but I saw them first on Eric Carl Anderson's many videos where he, because he gets them all the time, because he gets, he gets all, the, all, time, all yeah. the good books. Well, and he lives over there in the special place. I know. He lives where all the good books live. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that got me turned on to it. But one day I will get books of Jacob. I need to sell some more books and then I'll go buy books of Jacob. Yes, yes. <laughs> Anywho, that was not who we were talking about. So my last one is actually Emergent Realms, who is a small indie press that reached out to us actually um, early on in the podcast uh, to talk about one of their books. And I have carried on with that relationship. Yes, you um, have. And I guess I just I think that they're lovely um, people and I like what they're doing. And um, so let me talk about what they're doing. So they are a story lab focused on creating the best fantasy science fiction and horror you can find. Um, They want to be more than a small press and aim to be a collective built by storytellers who understand the transformative power of stories. Our goal is to bring you more than just a story. We want to give you an experience you'll never forget. So they are founded by um, A.H. Serrano, who wrote one of the books on my list here, and Jim 
Wilburn who wrote another one and Jim is fantastic. I don't know um, AH as well. Jim is just absolutely lovely. And they met through NaNoWriMo and they kind of teamed up. Yeah, they kind of teamed up to like do this publishing thing together. So they do, they offer like editing services. So like when we talk small, like this is where like, publishing meets indie author I, I think is the best for, way for me to describe yes. this because they are just like a group of people who just want to put out books basically they just right. this is just for the love of writing um and they focus a lot on fantasy and they have um, like i said they have like editing services they have books obviously and they have merchandise and they're just absolutely lovely people um so the first book is the one by A.H. serrano uh which i'm sorry if i'm saying your name wrong <laughs> um and that's violent blessed which is the first in a trilogy i believe and you have this i don't know if you've ever read it but it was it, it was an interesting like sort of sci-fi thing it got really good like it picked up some speed steam near the end and it made me interested for the rest of it the way the ending went um the the beginning i will say was um a little bit on the slower side for me uh getting the world sort of built and getting the story set up but then once it starts to get set up and once um our main character ends up in this different location the story just like takes off so it is it is worth the um the time uh i think uh so there has never been an amarillion born without ability never until river henry river has no place in a world and where where worth is measured by the power of one's ability he is in a an an anomaly anomaly wow i can't say anomaly wow wow and an anomaly (laughs) we have the moments we have those moments he is an anomaly (laughs) i still can't say it he's an anomaly and an outcast afflicted by an ailment no one can see or explain caught in the unrelenting hold of his government he falls further into the pit of hopelessness as he wrestles with the mysteries of his past after a faded meeting with a cryptic stranger river realizes the only way to uncover his past is return to the institute the very place that scared and the scarred and violated him if he goes back it could mean forfeiting his life but could everyone be wrong about him though he remains untouched by power there is something inside of him something alive and entangled with secrets that could upset the balance of everything his generation has ever known to be true welcome to a world where the secrets are as big as continents the monsters hide in plain sight and there is always something sinister at play so this is like there's like lots of secrets it's like a nice like twisty little tale it's got sci-fi mixed in with fantasy it's it's actually i kind of liked it um, I also have on here, um, they have, don't have a lot of stuff because they just sort of started, but yeah. um, I have the collection, an anthology of um, fantasy short stories, and they all focus around fire. Um, so it says 12 stories, 13 authors, one theme, the magic and fire. And I'll tell you, the first story is so good. It is like, it is so weird. It There's creepy dolls. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'm sold when there's creepy dolls because uh, I can just yeah. relate. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. the girl who grew up in a creepy dollhouse. And um, I need to find that that video I have of all the dolls lined up in yes, my grandmother's house. It's absolutely terrifying. If I find yes, it, I will, it is. It's very I will put it out. I will put it out on uh, in a short on YouTube for you guys. Anyway, um, but they're just good. So I've been slowly reading stories, uh, you know, when I need a story here and there, kind of like just 
dabbling through short story collections. It takes you a really long time to read a short story collection usually. Um, but they're good. It's interesting. And there's lots of new authors to be exposed to. Okay. And I kind of like, I kind of like that. Um, and also the final one, which itches Jim's, is The Seventh Cadence, which I really, 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 really need you really to read. Talking about that. Yeah. I really need you to read this. So I if you like it. epic high fantasy with motherfucking ice dragons. Yeah. There is like a lot of political intrigue. There's a lot of characters. Um, it's got that wheel of time sense where you have lots of people and they're all going to kind of like come to play somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it It is really well done and I, I can't wait um, for the next, whenever the next one comes out. And I don't know when that's coming out. So Jim, if nice. you're listening, tell us. Uh, an action-packed epic fantasy adventure perfect for fans of Brandon Sanderson, Brent Weeks, and Robert Jordan. After a supernatural and unforeseen calamity shatters at the tentative alliance of the five realms, the Desarian domina- Dominion has returned to take back their homeland and restore their oppressive regime. As the Dominion readies their troops for invasion, the fate of the entire world rests in the hands of a fugitive scientist a powerful pacifist and an unseasoned prince with little to guide them but their own ideals with the freedom of a kingdom at risk each must find their place in a world torn asunder the seventh cadence is a sweeping high fantasy epic of war found family and reckoning with fate yeah it sounds good it's it, you it need to read good, it actually yeah it's it's really good yeah yeah and there's but, like i yeah, guess there's two ice little political intrigues so. there's fucking ice dragons yeah. How to sell Alyssa. There's fucking ice dragons. Do you know how many books are slated to be in the series or they haven't made mention of it? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm going to guess there's going to be three, but I don't know. There's like two short stories you can download for free that are sort of prequels. And um, I'll have to look around and see what. Okay. Okay. Just like text Jim. But <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I love it. Everyone should read it. And you know what? It's got fantastic reviews on, on Goodreads. And also, um, they did a really good job of pushing it out to some of the more niche creators who read mm-hmm. fantasy. Um, and I've seen some really good good reviews out of them as well. So I, I, I hope for all the best with this series. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't let me forget about that series either. Uh, I won't, because I, I will remind you every... I, I, I talk about it all the time. You, you actually do. You do. I'm you also a rep for them, so I don't shut up. So. That's true. That's true. My last press is $2 Radio, and I'm really digging them. So mm-hmm. they are a family-run outfit founded in 2005 with the mission to reaffirm the cultural and artistic spirit of the publishing industry. It says, we aim to do this by presenting bold works of literary merit, each book individually and collectively providing a sonic progression that we believe to be loud, too loud to ignore. So they have a ton of books that I want to read that they've published, but I'm, I'm going to give you these three. One Aren't they Jim- a bookstore too? They, they do have a bookstore. They also have a bookstore uh, with a cafe in it, I believe. And they're Where Ohio. are they located? Ohio. It's not that far. We just got to go down Route 80. Yeah. So um, one of their books just came out. I think it was either last Tuesday or two Tuesdays ago. It's called New Animal. And I've talked about this in our 2022 Anticipated Reads episode. Mm-hmm. I did this book. New Animal by Ella Baxter. It says, Amelia 
Aurelia is approaching 30 and her closest relationships other than her mother are through her dating apps. She works at the family mortuary business as a cosmetic mortician with her eccentric stepfather and older brother, whose Thruple's current pre preoccupation is with what type of snake to adopt. When, a million, when Amelia's affectionate mother passes away without warning, she is left without anchor. Fleeing the funeral, she seeks solace with her birth father in Tasmania and stumbles into the local BDS, BDSM community where her righteous... Saucy. Where her riotous attempts to belong are met with confusion, shock, and empathy. I think I'm going to order that one soon. Probably when I order um, uh, the Maleficent 7 and all that good stuff. Going to do one big order. But I'm really looking forward to reading that. That sounds really interesting. And then the next one is called A Mouthful of Air by Amy Koppelman. And apparently this has been adapted into, I think, either a series or a movie. Uh, what's that What's that actress's name? Um, the one that played in Mean Girls, the Dissy one from Mean Girls. Anyway, she plays the lead in this. Oh, something civic. Amanda Seyfried. There, there you go. Yeah. Seyfried. So it says, we meet Julia several weeks after her suicide attempt. On the eve of her son's first birthday, grateful to be alive, Julie tries her best to appreciate every moment. This tree, that passing car, the pretzel guy up ahead on the corner. She has, for whatever reason, been given a second chance, but her emotional demons are unrelenting as she is slowly and quietly losing the battle. Hmm. I must read. That sounds good. It does. And then the third depressing. one is... I love a good depressing book. I know. Uh, <laughs> what is wrong with is us? Called, we're messed up. Triangulum <laughs> by Masande Nashanga. It says, sure. in 2040, the South African National Space Agency receives a mysterious package containing a memoir and a set of digital recordings from an unnamed woman who claims the world will end in 10 years. Assigned to the case, Dr. Naomi... Bethelizzi, that's not right. A retired professor and science fiction writer is hired to investigate the veracity of the materials and whether or not the woman's claim to have heard from a force more powerful than humankind is genuine. Interesting. Also, 2040 isn't that far away, and that's terrifying. I don't like when we're in that near of a future. Yeah. Give me like a hundred years. Yeah. 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 But that sounds good. Really good. Yeah. Really good. So we so. love a good small press. So if there's like any small presses that you like, yeah, let us know what they tell are. Tell us. Let us know. I think Ray Wolf is the one that does that abundance book. Yeah, they did. That I really want to read, and I just love the 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 apparently allegedly. It's they do this. There's no apparent or allegedness about it. The, the, every chapter. The title is the amount of money in their bank account. Yes. And that is like yeah. the subtle tension that that yeah. must just add to the story. Yep. Because yeah. we, we talked about this a little bit with Charles, that like people don't seem to like to admit that there are people in this country who are that poor. Right. Like, exactly. that is always something that is somewhere else. But there are people that are legitimately, like, absolutely starving. It just right. looks nicer now. Because, exactly. yeah, you're not, like, barefoot in a shack in the Ozarks. Exactly. I mean, you know, we don't, 
Well, also, like, we don't really know what it looks like half the time. We're not in those. Yeah. A lot of us are not even in those areas or have any relation to those areas where, where, where we would see it. Yeah. It's, we're just completely oblivious to it all. So, like, when you go into, and I don't know if it's even still there. It was there for a long time. I assume it still is. There was There is this shantytown in Harlem that's right along the Hudson line as you're coming into Grand Central. And it literally is just like a shantytown. And it's like this thing you never really see here anymore, especially not in the city. I mean, that used to kind of be all over, especially during yeah. the Great Depression and other eras. And, like... I can't think of any other time in this country I've seen that. And I would see that every day going to work when I worked in the city. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 Like what our, what our day to day, like what we see day to day really, really takes us out of like the larger, mm-hmm. you know, picture of what's going on in the world. Something happened on bookstagram. Somebody posted something about the scholastic book fair mm-hmm. and they said something like, um, thinking back to when I was a kid and seeing, you know, a lot of my classmates, you know, with all their stuff from the Scholastic Book Fair and wishing that I had enough to participate. Mm -hmm. And that was a real moment of like checking myself and shame for me because I never thought about that. I never thought about that either. I was the kid that got any book they wanted. Like, why would they not get every? But not only that, so to everybody in my class, but I went to school, like I was in a, I, it, it was a nicer neighborhood. Like no, nobody was struggling to give their kid money for the scholastic. Yeah. Thing. I mean, I went to I went to private schools, so yeah, no, nobody was struggling. And anybody who was struggling like that was on a scholarship, and I didn't see them until I was older because they weren't really there. Like the prep for prep kids, I don't think they came in until middle school, and even those kids, I don't think they're struggling at the same level as like exactly as others. Exactly. But it, it, but it made me think about that. I was like, I was like, why? I never even, I never thought about that. That was never my experience growing up. And even then when I had children, they basically got quote unquote a blank check mm-hmm. to get whatever they wanted from the Scholastic Book Fair. And it just, yeah. it, it never, it never dawned on me. And I feel so much shame for even thinking that, but like, it's true. Like it never dawned on me. Oh, well, it's very easy some to. Some people can't afford the damn Scholastic Book Fair. Well, I think it's a very natural thing for you to your life is your is your normalized point of view. So so right. what you see on an everyday basis is very normal. And and it can be very jarring when you finally see something that's not part of whatever that normal point of view right. is. Like I used to live in this town um and that was very, very white. And not that I don't live in a very white town now, but we all walked around all the time and I could walk right. to the train station. And there was one day I got off the train and it would be it was shortly after I moved there, maybe like a couple months after I moved there, and I got off the train and there was a like a, a, a black man who got off with me, and at that moment, I was like, "I haven't seen a black person in three months, uh, and it took me that like I was like, "Holy shit, because you just you right. lose when you when you're constantly whatever it is right. when you're constantly exposed to it, you kind of get desensitized maybe that's not the right word, but you kind of like lose perspective. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, that and like when the book sk- the book fair thing, and when kids started to do home classes, that was a very interesting thing for people who maybe didn't have what others had. Because like, how are you going to 
say you're the kid that gets all their meals at school and both their parents are working all the time right. and all this stuff. One, how are, do you have the technological capabilities to do yep. online learning? And if you do do that, do you, as a kid, do you feel comfortable sharing a slice of your life like that? Or even if you're not a kid who lives in a more impoverished situation, but does every kid want to have their home life exposed to the other kids at school? So there's all these things that like, that was definitely not something that you or I had to worry about. Like if, if we did have issues or things that were home, they were home and school was school and there was this natural divide, but there's like, yeah. I don't know that the world in that moment. I was very grateful for that post for like, you know, smacking me back to like, yeah, sometimes you need to let your ass smack back to reality. Yeah. I was very thankful for that post. Because it's so easy to forget that everybody's life isn't the life you're living. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, And and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. (laughs) Unless you assume assume that everybody should live your life. (laughs) Boom. There you go. There you go. Anyway, I just want to bring that up. So Abundance by Grey Wolf Press is something that I keenly want to read. Yes. Yes. All right. Book recommendation time. Do you have one? Do you want to go first? I do. I read this a few months ago with um, with Nappy Headed Jehovah's Book Club. And it is A Girl as a Body of Water by Jennifer Nansabuga Makumbi. I feel like that's correct. This was a great book. It um it had a lot of uh what do you call it? It had a lot of like Ugandan uh folklore in it. Ooh, fun. But also, I love a good folklore. But like it was like messy family stuff and that's why I really <laughs> dug it, right? So So the main character how do you say Kariba? Karaba. Karobo. Karibo. I was trying to f- remember how I heard it in the audiobook and I can't remember. But she has been trying to figure out where's her mother? Who is her mother? She has no idea. No one's told her. Everyone's given her the runaround on who and where her mother is. And she, she has a, a somewhat close relationship with like the village, um, witch, if you will. Ooh. Um, and so she begins to like spend a lot of time with her um, talking about life and things. And she's giving her little drips and drabs about who and where her mother may possibly be and who her mother may possibly be, but not just outright telling her. Mm-hmm. And she also, this is where we get to the folklore part. She also tells Karibo, I think that's how you say it, Karibo, that she has a streak of what's called the first woman, an independent original state that has been all but lost to women. Very interesting. So in this story, Karibo is fighting this first woman piece of her and kind of trying to make peace with the um, the, the rule-following, respectful, loving, you know, daughter and woman that she's trying to be. It's like these two pieces of her are kind of like fighting each other. Yeah. And she's trying to find like like a middle ground. Uh, to 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 bring herself to so that was really interesting but the messiness in this book 
The dirt she finds out about her father and her mother and his mistress. I mean, just all the good stuff. It was all in this book and I really enjoyed it. So that is A Girl is a Body of Water. Oh, excuse me. I need more coffee. Um, I never know what to recommend. So I'm going to recommend These Violent Delights by Micah N-E-M-E-R-E-V-E-R. That's entirely too many E's. Um, and my brain cannot say his name. So this is dark academia at its finest. It is fucked up. Like these yeah. fucked up, fucked up, absolutely fucked up. It's set in the 1970s in Pittsburgh. Um, it's a, a queer romance that is just absolutely psychotic <laughs> And um, so I'll read you the back. When Paul enters university in early 1970s Pittsburgh, it's with the hope of moving past the recent death of his father. Sensitive, insecure, and incomprehensible to his grieving family, Paul feels isolated and alone. So when he meets the worldly Julian, Paul is immediately drawn to his classmate's effortless charm. Paul sees Julian as his sole intellectual equal an ally against a suffocating conventional world. Paul will stop at nothing to prove himself worthy of their friendship because with Julian, life is more invigorating than Paul could ever have imagined. But as charismatic as he can choose to be, Julian is also volatile and capriciously cruel, and Paul becomes increasingly afraid that he will never live up to what Julian expects of him. As their friendship spirals into an all-consuming intimacy, they each learn the lengths to which the other will go to stay together, an obsession that hurdles them towards an act of irrevocable violence. So this is like... I could when you were reading this, Naomi, did you could you tell which one of them was the most screwed up? No, I like, could not. No, I could not. I couldn't tell if Paul started messed up and Julian made him worse, or right. if Paul was always messed up. Like I was just It was such a slippery slope and it was I I, I yeah, And they their their psychoses just fed off, fed of off each it. other. Yes. Yes. And, and it is really hard to read at times, but you also can't stop. Oh, yes. Because you need to know what these two insane people are going to do next. Also, Julian's parents are horrific. Oh, my God. That's all I got. Read the book. Read the when book. I, when I <laughs> read that book, I was like, why has no one, why is no one talking about this book? I think they do. They just haven't talked about it in a while. I really enjoyed it. I've, I didn't check to see if the author had anything else, had written anything else. But this was the debut. Okay. But this was the debut a while back, no? Yeah, yeah. It's a few years old now. At least this paperback is 2020. Anyway, I thought, I mean, if you want to go on like just a psychological spiral down to uh-huh. somewhere not great, read this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I give the best descriptions, but it's it's really good. It is. It's like this weird, all-consuming love that just destroys everybody. But is it really love? You can't tell. Like at some points, it's like, is it love anymore? Do they just hate each other? It is. It is so their version of love. Do you know what it reminds me of a little bit? What was that movie where? Oh my god! Oh, this is gonna bother me. There's a movie where, like, there's this, like, cheating couple, and, like, everybody in the movie's terrible. 
Oh, I'm never going to remember it. I'm never going to remember oh. it. Never mind. It's like from like the early 2000s. I can't remember. Don't worry. Moving on. I can't I remember it. Remember. Well. But I, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember it like three days from now in the shower. So. Tell me immediately. Yeah. I will. I yes, will. I will. But it's the kind of book where you're like, I hate everybody in this book. Right. Right. Yeah. None you of you are jokes. good people. <laughs> yeah. Pick that one up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Do it. Do it. Do it. Anyway, so that's like, that's all we got, right? That's all we got. That's all we got. Support small presses. Small presses. It's March. It's small press month. If you have any favorite small presses, let us know so we can check them out. And yeah, uh, hopefully usual, we've introduced you to some notes. new things. Yes. I love yes. when we talk over each other. <laughs> Look, and then when I'm it's editing, me. one of us will have to go. That's fine. <laughs> Kick me out. Kick me out. Kick me out. All right. That's all we got, folks. All right. Thanks for we'll listening. See. Bye. We're, we're really trying to perfect the simultaneous bye. We try. We try. Yeah. We try. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcast and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at tbrlowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at BookLadyReads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at NerdyNurseReads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time. Bye.